find uh, Navi at the end of uh, the Zion of Shmuel we find a very unusual thing that takes place and that is that when Shaul becomes uh, depressed Shaul is nichas by Ruach Ra he gets upset we find in the Pasuk that he calls a menagain, he calls a musician to play for him now that's not so unusual because if you're upset some people like music but what's unusual is that they hunt for the right menagain for the right musician and of course David HaMelech ends up being the one that's called and uh, the Pasuk tells us at the end of the parak there that Shaul is very happy that when something goes wrong when he gets upset he calls David to play music now we would think Pashtus that uh, he needed a musician so he opened up the yellow pages and he got himself a musician so who's the best musician so David was good at it and David was a spiritual musician and uh, probably said the right words along with it so that's why he hired David but there's a problem because we find immediately afterwards that that Shaul in Perkut Zion Shaul asks Dayeg who is this boy and Dayeg who is the head of the Sanhedrin says he's a Tavach Chacham Halach Kamaisei B'chamakayim he's always Mechavi Nala Emes he tells them that he's a Tamil Chacham, he's a, a Baki and Shas. So that gives us a different image of who he hired here to be his musician. They're a totally different picture. He hired a Tamil Chacham, that's who they searched out for him. David took such a job. He needs a husband. You have to know, first of all, the story, what happened. What happened with Shaul that got him upset? What happened was that he was unsuccessful. He was made king. And he was unsuccessful. He was supposed to destroy Amalek. And he let, uh, he let uh, Amalek survive his Mokhama. And he was told, Kara Hashem HaSamamlacha, that your Yamalchus will not last. And he was upset. They needed this music. So the music had to have some Ruchniyistika idea, some Ruchniyistika connotation. Now the Gemara says that it's not only Shaul. The Gemara learns from here that uh, the, the Gemara says that the Ruach Hashem is only rests on a person when he has Simcha so there seems to be some big lesson here and I'd like to explain to you the lesson uh, based on a Rabbi Yaakov here in Parashat Sayyidze which uh, the aside Rabbi Yaakov's Vart is well known but the ramifications of the Vart are not uh, we know that when Yaakov Avinu left the house of his father at the uh, at the age of 63 he set out to find a shidduch and the Gemara Megillah tells us that on the way he stopped he made a brief stop at the yeshiva of Shem Ever, uh, actually for 14 years and then he went to Beis Lava and the fact that it's unusual that he went to sit and learn for 14 years is because he was learning his whole life he was Yeshev Ayolim so Rav Yashev has a an explanation of this that in his father's house he learned the Torah of Yitzchak he learned the Torah of the Yavai which is Torah when you're in Yeshiva 
And before he went to Lavan's house, he was not going to be in the same sviva, in the same surroundings as he was uh, all along in a surrounding of Kedusha, the house of Rivka and the house of, of uh, Yitzchak. So before he set out to be in the house of Lava, and he had to learn a different concept of Tyra. That's the Tyra of Shem Ve'ever. And Yitzchak Yitzchak couldn't do it. Right, Yitzchak wasn't able to do it. He had to go to Shem Ve'ever. Who was Shem and Ever? Shem lived in the Dar Amabu, and Ever lived in the Dar Aflaga. They knew how to resist people that are Ever So he went to Afkazir to learn the Tyra of Shem Ve'ever, and then he was ready to, to go into the house of Lava. So Yaakov says that there are basically two uh, two aspects to learning Torah. One is the Torah of Beis Yitzchak, Beis Avram and Yitzchak, and one is the Torah of, of Shem Ve'ev. The Torah of Shem Ve'ev is a Torah to be ready to use when you go out into the world. It's interesting that later, when in Parshas Vayeshev, when Rashi wants to tell us <coughs> that Yaakov learned with with uh, Yosef. Yeah, he bends the kunim alight, and he learned with him. So Rashi says, "Kol ma shalomad, m'shem ve'aver mosalai." Everything he learned by Shem ve'aver, he taught Yosef. What's pshat? In the first sixty-three years of his life, he learned by Yitzchak. The next fourteen years of his life, he learned by Shem ve'aver. So you would think that he taught him not only what he learned by Shem ve'aver, he taught him what he learned by Yitzchak. So Rabbi Yaakov says, "No, because." Somehow Yaakov knew Baruch HaKadosh that Yosef would be, go, would, would be faced with the Nisayan of, of a Golos of going down to Mitzrayim uh, and uh, he taught him he prepared him for what he was going to endure So Yaakov's Yisayid is that there's a Torah of Beis Avram and Yitzchak and there's a Torah of Beis Shem Ve'ever and then when a person uh, is ready to leave the Yeshiva he has to have this other Torah this Torah of Shem Ve'ever the problem is that all of you learn in yeshiva and then when you decide to go out to work I haven't met anybody yet who took a 14 year detour in, uh, in some yeshiva where they teach you about Shandaver like all of you who are probably not on Yaakov Avinu's Madrega if only because you're not 63 years old when you're leaving the yeshiva so you're ready to go out into the world and you're not worried about Tehras uh, Shandaver and, uh, and yet there's this Teres HaShashem which seems to be very important I'd like to look a little at what we know about uh, the Torah of Shandayver a little of what we know about it uh, Rabbi Yaakov doesn't spell it out exactly <coughs> and maybe we can take something from it and, I mean if you want to go when you're ready to work you, know, you get married you'll tell Yishvara that uh, you're planning to go to work in two years and then two years later you tell him yeah but for 14 years I have to prepare you know, I, to, I forgot to tell you, but you know, more years. So if you do that, it's fine. If not, let's just spend at least a few minutes trying to understand what it means to Rosh Hashanah. What, what exactly did Yaakov do? We know very little about what happened here with Yaakov. <coughs> One of the things we know, which Rashi brings, is that those 14 years he didn't go to sleep. He didn't go to bed. For those 14 years, he did not go to sleep. And Vice Dice, that the other 63 years, when he was in Yitzchak's yeshiva, he went to sleep. Right? When he was dorming by Yitzchak, Vice Dice, he went to sleep. Oh, could be his mother was there. She didn't let him uh, do such a thing. Stay up all night. But uh, still, it seems that this is a new anaga that he had. 
Now, when he went to 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 base a shavaver, he, he didn't go to sleep for that. What's pshat? What's the pshat? I mean, he put his head down on the stand and he took a nap. But uh, what what was why why was that part of Teruah's shavaver? So I wouldn't know pshat except that I have a shaykes with Balabatim and I have a shaykes with Yeshiva Light. So I think I know the pshat, and you really have to listen to appreciate uh, what it is that I, what I'm saying. When you're in yeshiva, so you have siddharam. You have siddharam. The siddharam is not simple for a person to keep all the siddharam in the yeshiva. And uh, it's not easy. It always impressed me. I had a grandmother, Elayah Shalom, that uh, came to America as an 11-year-old girl. And she used to tell me, she was not, you know, she didn't marry a cuddle person. She came here, she went to work as a little girl, and the person that was going to be her husband was working already before they met in, in the early 1900s. And she used to tell me, you know, to sit and learn all day is not easy. When I was getting in high school. She was telling me it's not easy, you have to work hard at it. That's true, not a simple thing. All about them think it's easy to be, you know, someone to sit and learn it. It's easy to learn all day. It's not easy to sit for, uh, for seven, eight hours straight. Uh, a lunch break in between, it's not simple. So in yeshiva, we're challenged to keep siddharam, which is, which is what we're challenged to do. When a person becomes a balabas, he has a different challenge. He has a challenge to sneak in siddharam in the in-between times. His challenge is, you know, I have a balabatim by me, they work, a few of them work in the same place. So one person drives, and the other two are sitting and learning. So they get into fight over who should drive. Nobody wants to drive. Everyone, you know, it's a 45-minute drive. So they have an argument. Uh, who's going to drive? So someone says, I don't have a car. I can't drive. You have to drive. If I have a car, I should lose. Be you know, enough that I have to... So, they, so that's a challenge, you know, on the way to, on the way to work to, to use the time learning. You know, when you're in yeshiva, it doesn't have that hashivas. Even though I'm sure that uh, many of you... Whether you go by bus and you take a safer on the bus, or whether you go by car and you, but, you know, if you get a ride, I don't know if you sit in the back seat with your friend and you're learning from a safer. Because it's a different challenge when you're in yeshiva, you have to keep siddharam, and when it's uh, when you're out of yeshiva, the challenge is to squeeze in siddharam. It's a very different challenge. You know, Teirasa Shoshem Ve'Eber is a different story. You know, Amos Shabbos, it's in style to learn now. It's in style, right? So some people come to the Navi Shir. People who are not as fortunate go to other places to sit and learn, you know. So it became a style. But you know, I think if you take a poll of who's sitting, who's learning, you'll find that a greater percentage of working people are learning Matzah Shabbos than Yeshiva Light. I'm not talking about the boys that are young enough to get prizes because they have a father and son learning program. I'm talking about Yeshbeis Medrash guys. I think there's a far greater percentage of... Uh, of Balabatim who are sitting and learning on Matzah Shabbos than Yeshiva Light. Why is that? Why is it? So, you know, I, had, I, had, I have uh, somebody who I know uh, who came to me and he, you know, I told him, no, what are you, you're going to come Matzah Shabbos? He says, no, that's just for Balabatim. He said, yeah, you're right. If you're in the base you're sitting and learning with a Chavrusa, it's much better than coming to a Shia for Balabatim. But if you're home reading the, you know, the Sunday Times, which you can get Baruch uh, Hashem on Matzah Shabbos and waste your whole night on, so that, that's so when you're in Tairas Shal uh, Avram and Yitzchak, when you're in Yeshiva, so you know, Mashiach, you know, or 
But the Manal is not going to get up and say, all right, we have to, we have to learn Master Shabbos, you have to learn, you have to get up early in the morning and learn. Uh, that's not what the yeshiva is set up to do. The yeshiva is set up to have sadarim. And we push people to have sadarim. So when Yaakov Avinu was in the yeshiva of Yitzchak Avinu, so I don't know who the Meshkiach was exactly. Some Rivka. So uh, she didn't say, you know, you got to make sure to learn all night. She said, you have to make sure to keep your sadarim. And when he went to the base Medjur Shashem Ve'ever, he was getting ready to go out to work. Shashem Ve'ever taught him a thing or two at that time. He said, you know, at night, you don't just go to sleep. You don't get in your pajamas and, uh, and relax in bed a few minutes before you fall asleep. You're working. You're going to be in by Lovin's house. You're going to be working all day. That's not the way it works. You have to push yourself. You have to push yourself to do more. And that's a big challenge. That's a challenge you don't have in yeshiva. So what happens? You leave yeshiva. And yeshiva, all your sadarim are set up. And then you go out. And suddenly, you know, you don't, uh, it's not easy. Start wondering who are these creatures that get up six o'clock in the morning for Davyaini, you know, like the Yeshiva you never heard of that. But that's uh, so maybe there's an excuse why in Yeshiva you never heard of it. I'm not sure of the logic exactly. But it seems to be that in Yeshiva it's not expected. Uh, in some places it's frowned frowned upon, you know, to get up six o'clock and learn Dafyaimi your Yeshiva. <coughs> but then it's asleep till seven thirty and go down at eight o'clock, you know. That's better. So I don't know the logic exactly, but the point is that once you go to Yeshiva Seshel Shem Ever, it's a different story. You're not prepared for it. So you have to learn every year. You have to learn Rashi. And you have to learn that Rashi tells you that when Yitzchak went out, when Yaakov went out to work, he taught himself that you don't get as much sleep. That's what Rashi's teaching you. When you're ready to go out to work, so you don't get as much sleep, you spend your, you spend your time in the Beis It's a big lesson. Another thing we know about Yaakov is that he comes back after his terrible experience in the house of Lavan, who tries to cheat him all the time. And what did he tell Esau? He says, "Im Lavan garti, the tariag mitzah shamarti, v'loim lomaditi mimaisav arayim." What's the chiddush in that sentence? "Im Lavan garti." The Tariq Mr. Shamarti. That's Pasha. That's not a Chiddush. Rav Rudiman said that. That's not Tariq Mr. Shamarti. is a Chiddush. Of course, if you go out to work, of course you're going to keep the Tariq Mitzvah. If you can go out to work, you're not going to make Rishon Tariq in the morning. You're going to stop benching. That's not a Chiddush. In love and Garati, the Tariq Mr. Shamarti, the Loy Lomaditi, me myself Arayim. Vice dies. That there's a separate Gedar of Loy Lomaditi, me myself Arayim. Again, that's a Chiddush. When you're in yeshiva, so what's the challenge? Tayeg mitzvah shamarti. You're in a sviva, that's a good sviva. So the challenge is tayeg mitzvah shamarti. So we've uh, got to love on Is a challenge of loy lamaditi mimaisa haroy. What does that mean? That means not doing averis. Besides tayeg mitzvah, there's something called loy lamaditi mimaisa haroy. What does that mean? What does that mean? So you have no clue. Speak to somebody who goes to work in a, you know, in a Manhattan law firm or accounting firm. He's there for two weeks. Ask him what it means. They can't do it after he's there for two years. Because once he's there for two years, he forgot already. But when he's there for two weeks, ask him, ask him exactly what it means. He'll tell you. 
what it means. It's a different culture. It's a different Saviva. When I was a Bacher here, I had a Chavrusa that was quite a bit older than me. And he had an accounting degree, like a lot of good yeshiva life, and he got a job, and his job was in the Empire State Building, which was considered a Hashivas. I don't know if it still is. And he went working in one of the big accounting firms. And after a week or two weeks, you know, he came back on a Sunday, as uh, people do the first uh, few weeks that they're out working. You know, they have this still their Sunday Seder in yeshiva. And uh, he told me it's terrible. He said he's promising himself as soon as he can he's going to start his own business. He doesn't want to work among guys. Well, what do you mean? So what he told me was, you don't understand, you come into an office, and there's a boss, there are people above you, people you work with. So what do they do? So they make an off-color joke. They make a dirty joke. So what do you do? What do you do? Make an off-color joke. Everyone's laughing. So you have a choice. Either you look stupid, you don't laugh, so that means you don't get the joke. Worse, they'll, you know, they'll start explaining it to you. What do you do? So you have to laugh along. He says it disgusts him to laugh along. But he's going to laugh along for a long time, he'll suddenly, you know, he's going to start enjoying it. It takes a lot of strength not to laugh at an off-color joke. It's one thing, you know, if Khalili is sitting with from Yidin and somebody makes an off-color joke. See a scowl, I understand why. But you're with a bunch of guy in, you know, and uh, sometimes even a good joke. So you don't laugh. Then I have error to laugh. But that's Loyal Matati, we might have arrived. And it's definitely going to happen. Anybody here who's going to go out to work in, a, in an environment, in a secular environment, uh, it's going to happen to you. It's going to happen to you. What are you going to do? The first time that type of joke, well, what are you going to do? This person promised himself that he's going to start his own business as soon as he can, and he did. But most people just get used to it. Most people just get used to it. I was sympathetic to him because I remember when my wife went into labor with our first son. So she went into labor, we ran to the hospital, and the first one usually, you know, I think we were there for about uh, uh, 14, 15 hours till, uh, till the baby was born. You know, it takes a while, usually the first one especially. So uh, the doctor comes. The doctor has to wait. So he's hanging around. So my wife's in labor, you know, the doctor comes in every hour or two and he makes a sock. how much longer he thinks it's going to be. You know, so you have to experience it, you know. And your wife is in pain and you're measuring yourself and you're up all night. He says, oh, it's coming along fine. And you say, great, how much longer? And he says, I think four or five hours still. You know, you have to know the feeling, you know. So you call Tully by, you know, you're wondering why he's sitting there all day. So he was sitting there and he was playing, you know, with the computer, whatever exactly he was doing. And I forgot, I went out to tell him something or to ask him something. And he's talking to the nurses there and he made an off-color joke. And he looked at me. And I remembered, you know, I suddenly, you know, this guy, it was a Sunday. He was missing his golf game. You know, so we can have a baby. Never had to miss his golf game. And I'm not going to laugh at his joke. Not easy. Not easy. It takes a lot of guts to say, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, it's not my style. There's a lot of guts to do it. That's why It's worse. It's not just jokes. The whole pizzazz of big offices, the whole pizzazz of it, it's a, uh, it's a shine, you know, it's a luxury, it's 
there's a reason that all these fancy offices, you know, they they make it look, uh, you know, 20th century, 21st century, you know, 22nd century style and decor, and they paint every other week. There's a reason they want to make a certain, a certain hype, a certain hype. It's a whole different culture. It's a whole different culture. It's a culture where, you know, it's very important to look uh, dressed up to date. Very, very important. You know, you have to know when you dress casual and when you dress, uh, when you dress formal. Go to big offices. It's a whole science. And dressing formal means that you care about the way you look. And dressing casual means you look like you don't care about the way you look. But it's much harder. You have to stand in the mirror much longer to dress casual than formal. Because formal, you put on a suit and a white shirt or and a tie and you look formal. Casual means you don't care how you look. So usually in these Manhattan offices on Friday, you dress casual. So casual is very hard. You have to go down to whichever the right stores are and try everything on, all the color combinations. So you have a yeshiva guy, you know, till now, ran around, you know, with his shirt tucked out half the time and uh, a little pizza goose smeared on his... Uh, and uh, now he's suddenly worried about the way he dresses. And guys are convinced that that's going to make their career. It's not easy. What's the Rosh is to be able to resist it. It's not easy to resist not easy. If it would be in the it would be easy. Tayyag Mr. Shamarati is half the story. But that's something else. To care about all these ridiculous things. It's a challenge. To us, Hashem is that you still have to have your values correct. You have to have your values straight. You know, they tell you to dress casual, so dress casual. But, uh, it's, it's a very sad thing when I meet the guys, you know, I meet them on the way to the train and you can see that they're very into exactly the right kind of cap and the right kind of, uh, you know, the right kind of attaché case and uh, the, right, the right look. It's just a shame. It's a shame that, uh, to have your head in the look. So it's easy to sit here in yeshiva and say that it's a nebuch. But, uh, you know, when you're faced with it, I can tell you, I know people who don't succumb to the to it and they make it anyway and they're successful anyway and some people don't and are not successful but at what point do you say you know I'm not selling my nishana but suddenly to go like from you know the hot nixon to the cold water suddenly from yeshiva and the next day to go and throw yourself into the whole culture it's a terrible thing not easy so you have to go to yeshiva shenveyver you know what they did in shenveyver's yeshiva they taught people how to dress I say, you're going to Lovin's house, you know, it's going to be in Lovin's house. In Lovin's house, you know, everything is, uh, everything is custom made, custom suits. We have to teach you exactly what you're going to be able to get away with. What are you going to be able to get away with? You'll be able to get away with wearing a yarmulke. You'll be able to get away with dressing like a mensch, or not, not dressing like a mensch, not an Avera, but putting your head into all this. It's not, it's not easy. The third thing, which is probably the most important, is the attitude of working. A third thing we learned about his stay by the house of Lavan was the lesson of an ikesh tetabo. That means that when you're in, you're in a saviva of crooked people, you have to keep your head on straight. 
there's a Barshem and certain others but the Kedusha Slavi my Oyevayt Echachmeni Mitzvah for my enemies your enemies your boss and the, you know, the secular boss in the office who is your friend but he's your enemy when it comes to Rechnias you have to learn how to deal with with work and I'd like to share with you an idea that has something else to do with Pashas Ayatay <coughs> which is as important as the first two first thing is time management not sleeping and the second thing is resisting and the third thing has to do with working even if you work in a Jewish Sviva even if you work in a Yiddish Sviva which a person should be willing to sacrifice for Tom used to tell people you should better work for a firm that's from rather than a firm that's fry even if you may be giving up a lot of money it doesn't matter how much money if you can live and what you make and the first Steva you should, you should work there if it's something you can live in something you can't live on so you can't do it it's not an option but if the Parnassah is something you can live on so you should it's a big challenge which one of the Shvatim is the working man? Huh? you all know Zvulun is the working man and an interesting thing happens when Zvulun is born uh, his mother says now my husband will be with me the bull is that motion of a house the building is his bull because I'll say that now I know that Yaakov and I will be buried together but that's what it's for by the bull and we learn that's the bracha that the bull gets what does that mean? the bull and you'll be happy going out on your boats and Yisachar is going to sit and learn and Yisachar's Zvulun had a had a deal uh, that they would split the, split the profits so to speak right Moshe Rabbeinu says Zvulun Amar Smach Zvulun B'Tzai Secha V'Yisachar B'Yalach so it's a mean Smach Zvulun it's a bracha right Zvulun's going to be happy if you learn uh, you find if you learn Navi you find Amida of Zvulun Zvulun was the biggest complainer the most unhappy shaver. We find in Zvulun that Zvulun comes to complain. As a matter of fact, in, in Shaftim, we find about Zvulun, the Pasuk says, that uh, Zvulun amcheret nafshi lamus. Zvulun was a people that was begging for death. Begging for death. Well, Naftali, Mirai may saw that. Because their neighbor, Naftali, had fancy fields. So the Gemara says in Megillah Davav, Zvulun misrayim ami daisafayim. Zvulun was a complainer. He was complaining. He said Shenamai, and it brings the pasuk, and it says Laachai nasata sadeh shukramim. My brothers get fields and vineyards. Valina sata, and what did you give me? Haram advice. I got places you can't plant. The Achai nasata aratzeis. They make that parnasa on the dry land. Valina sata yamin baharis. He complained. Zavulun complained. He wasn't happy being uh, on ships all the time. And the pasuk says that they were mafayisim. That you'll have the chalazan, you'll have the tuna fish. Gemara says. Gemara says that Zavulun was able to bring in tuna fish. Sunei tmunei chayil says by Zavulun. 
So the Gemara says, Tabune is, is tiring, is fish. They touch it, I mean, the tuna fish. So, the big, uh, big nechama, you know, the chalazan and the tuna fish. You know, and then the crystal, the white crystal. Tabune chayel, the white crystal, the whole. What's pshat? What's pshat is The parnasa zvulun was the hardest parnasa. Being on a boat is the hardest parnasa. A farmer, he has a season where he plants, he has a season where he wood is, a season where he cuts. He has plenty of time off. Because I'll say about being on a boat that it's the worst, uh, the worst of all the parnasas for a number of reasons. Yarde hayamba niyas the yitzakol Hashem. Yarde hayamba niyas are not happy. First of all, there's always sakana. They're always nervous that they'll make it or not. Uh, second of all, it's a, a daily avayda that you have to work every day. And third of all, there's no yishuv adas. Because I'll say that uh, <coughs> people on boats, it's very hard to have a yishuv adas in, uh, in the boat. It's just very hard. It's something which is uh, very unsettling, an unsettling parnas. So what's Smach Zvulun B'Tseisecha? Smach Zvulun B'Tseisecha, the Alshech, is an Alshech in Parshish, Zaysa Baruch Hu teaches it. Smach Zvulun B'Tseisecha, V'Yisecha V'Yalecha means when you're involved in, in your Parnasa and you want to find Simcha, you should know if you want to find your Parnasa from your Simcha from the Parnasa, it's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's true, you go out to work, and in the beginning it's ritzy, and there's a, you're part of a fancy group, and you do big things, and you make a nice paycheck. I want to tell you two things before you go to work. The first time you get the paycheck, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, you don't need that much money, you could save half of it. And maybe the second time and the third time, but after two months, it's not enough. No matter how much you make. And as a Sashem, you get a, way, a raise. I want you to know the first time you come home with the raise and the paycheck, you can put it in the savings bank. You don't need it. But as soon as a month passes, it's not enough. I guarantee you. Just remember this. You'll see. Because that's the nature of money. The nature of money is it doesn't make people happy. The more money you have, the more money you need. The money, the money is not gonna, not gonna do it for you. Not gonna do it. And the richness won't do it either. I. One of, one of the fellows who was in yeshiva told me, is Alashim. He went to law school, he's a lawyer, and he told me that he doesn't know why in the world he did this. He works till midnight, many nights, sometimes 10, 11 o'clock. The, the rule in most law firms is if you work past midnight, you get, a, you get a limousine to take you home. He told me the first time, you know, he was ready to leave like 11.30, and he figured, you know, I'll stay another half hour, get a limousine home. And he said he got the limousine ride home, and he was, felt good and then he got to Flatbush and he felt like such a dope like no one even sees him in the limousine at 12.30 everyone else is comfortably in bed under their covers you know, he, this, this fool, you know, in a limousine he said a limousine doesn't mean anything to him anymore the pizzazz wears off you should know the Alshach Taitis Mar Zvulun B'Tseisecha Yisachar Bayalecha Zvulun it's a if you want to be happy Yisachar Bayalecha you have to have a chelik your simple will never come from your working. It doesn't come from working for secular Americans. Americans who, who get the joy out of work end up having a midlife crisis. Midlife crisis used to be when you were 50 years old. And it's not a joke. Today, midlife crisis is at the age of 30. 
people have midlife crisis they don't know where they're going in their lives you know what's the most uh, popular the most prescribed drug in America is Prozac Prozac is the midlife crisis Prozac is for people who get the joy out of their career and uh, it doesn't always work out the way you want Shaul was depressed he became king king he was Shaul don't get me wrong was, was a Malach Hashem he became king he didn't even want it he was forced you know he got a palace and he got trumpets you know it was a big thing and he failed he got the Talmud Chacham to sit and be the Nagay what he's teaching us is you're never going to find your Simcha if your Simcha is going to be in your work it's going to be a disaster it's not going to work, It'll work in the beginning in the beginning it's nice and it's fancy and it's different and you get paid and it's wonderful but it's not going to it's not going to bring you joy it's not going to bring you joy like you know only one person becomes Bill Gates everyone else is jealous of him if you started Apple Computer it's not the head you're still a millionaire but you're miserable because you know Apple is the failure and what about the guys who, who didn't make it at all you know what it is it's exactly like in the ghetto neighborhoods all these kids are playing basketball to be Michael Jordan all playing basketball to be Michael Jordan and none of them end up being Michael Jordan they all, uh, they all end up uh, you know, shooting drugs on the curb you know, since Tiger Woods they're all taking up golf so it used to be the Shrouds came after you with a baseball bat now they come after you with a golf club <laughs> a baseball bat at least would it's all, uh, all better but none of them are going to be Tiger Woods you know lightning doesn't strike twice <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't work that way but that's, that's what they're shooting to be happy with they're not going to be happy the difference in corporate America is that it takes 10 years to find out. You know, there, once you're 20, you realize, you know, that it's all off. You want to be Michael Jordan. And you want to be Bill Gates, you know, it takes a few years. You realize that, you know, Kaddish Baruch only curses one person in the generation to be the richest man. Everybody else, you know, is left with their chalaymas. Uh, Shaul, whose job was to run Kalal Yisrael, needed to have a Talmud Chacham. The Gemara calls uh, David the nice Kalim. The Pasuk calls him the nice Kalim of Shaul. He was just a musician. He was with him. He had someone with him. Connection to tired. People call me for shidduch information about yeshiva life. They always ask, is he going to be Kadeh I tell you, you know, a guy's in yeshiva uh, you know, six, eight, ten hours a day and he doesn't plan to be Kadeh and he needs his head examined. You know, you shouldn't be talking about uh, going, uh, going out with him. The man's insane. The boy's insane. Of course he plans to be conveyed. And everybody plans to be conveyed. Then, you have to do it. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. The challenge is to put your joy in what's coming, going to come. But Sadiq says that the reason Leah said, Hapami is Belaini Yishi, she learned from Zavun's Teichet HaNeshama, that even if you struggle in this world but you get your simcha in what's going to be lost and Leah struggled she was the Sanua but now she took her simcha in what's going to be in, in, their, in their Muna in the Betachin of Skar and Yerlava Amis and that she saw in her Pamir's Belaini Yishin when Levi was born she said Yerlavadi he'll walk with me he said it she'll be very good so the Torah of Shem the very tricky Torah 
to Torah to be able to see that the Simcha is not in what you do most of the day. What you do most of the time is a tafel, and what you do a part of the time is the Yikas. That a person has to support Torah, you know, these Yisachar and Zvulun. Rapam used to say that he talks to Balabakim, that they should let their kids learn. See, look, Chai Yisrael needs Zvulun too. Let my son be a Zvulun. Right? And they want their son after high school, you know, to, to drop out of base graduation to go be a Zvulun. What ends up happening is that these guys are never the Zvulans. They're never the ones who support Tyra. The ones who support Tyra are the Yisachas. The Yisachas make a few dollars and they end up supporting Tyra. You know, the one, uh, the Balabatim, who are in the, in the forefront of, uh, of supporting Tyra, Balabatim themselves who sat in the base graduation, learned, who still learn. You know, they shot to be a Sachar, so now they could be a Zvulun. You shoot to be a Zvulun, you know, it's not... I'm Cherif Nafshi Lamos, you're not happy with your life. This is a very important lesson. It's a very important lesson, Parshat Sayyidah. You should learn it well. You should really take out Sarim on this, on this parsha. What Zvulun, what Yaakov did in the house of Laban. How he dealt with it, and you should get ready for life. Unless you plan to learn the rest of your life, or to be a Kail, kail or a Kailah. But you know, even if you plan to be a chinuch, you, know, you, you can look at Rebbeim and chinuch and see there are those who get the simcha from learning, there are those who it's a job. It's the same as science. Same as the science. It's very hard. But that's an assignment. So, we learned some real stuff today. You know, I hope, I certainly hope, you know, the goal of yeshiva is not to prepare people to work. The goal of yeshiva is people should be in yeshiva. But then, since there's no Shenda Aver stop on the way to work, it falls between the cracks. There has to be a time when you think about, I'm not urging anybody to leave yeshiva, but I do urge you to be prepared. To be prepared. Everything, everything I told you today, the three nakudas, the nakuda being able to squeeze the dharam in, which is a new challenge when you go to work, resisting the culture, and finding happiness in Tyra are three challenges that apply to every single person that works. And Shola Melech made a toss in trying to find his joy in being Mashiach Hashem. I don't mean Mashiach. I mean Mashuach. Hashem and Amishra. Being Mashuach to be Melech. He tried to find his joy in that and then he realized that's not where you find your joy. You need it in, in, in Tyra. So it's something that all of you should be able to... to, to Prepare yourselves to, to know and to be able to do. Well, no one goes out to a different yeshiva this coming week. Uh, although, if you want to go there for 14 years to prepare, uh, maybe I'll be masking. I certainly hope that you'll, you'll take some of this lesson to heart and it'll be something that you'll, that you'll be able to remember. I couldn't chat with them.